0: That like I was gonna go interview one of the guys I was speaking there, so I was like, "This is so funny." And yeah, it's just funny how the world works in terms of like connections and things like that. But um, yeah, found out about his podcast, then was like, "What is this?"
1: Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host Apple Kreider. Today we're sitting down with Tiffany Para to talk about LinkedIn podcasting and scrunchies. Tiffany is somebody who has a really interesting story about how. In college, she decided to leverage LinkedIn in order to land a job. She had six months and she decided she needed to have a job at the end of these six months before she graduated school. So she took to LinkedIn, did some hardcore networking, and she's gonna teach you guys a lot. She taught me a lot about what I need to be doing to step up my LinkedIn game. Um, She shares some really actionable stuff for how you can optimize your profile, make it look very appealing, who you should be connecting with and how, um, and all of that stuff when it comes to LinkedIn. We also dive deep into podcasting because she has her own podcast. Called Work in Progress, which y'all should absolutely check out. The link will be in the show notes below if you have not already. It's an amazing, amazing podcast. She interviews some really cool people who are on the beginning stages of their journey. So, if you guys, I know a lot of you guys are starting off now, if you're that high school, college age person who's just getting involved in entrepreneurship for the first time, her podcast is absolutely amazing and I cannot recommend it enough. And then at the end, we also dive into Scrunchies because she has her own Scrunchie business and is expanding actually into custom Scrunchies as well. So, if you guys want to learn more about that, stay tuned. Tuned till the very end. Otherwise, let's uh, sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this amazing interview with the one and only Tiffany Para. All right, Tiffany, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Apple. I'm really excited to to chat with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked that you are here. So our listeners got to hear a bit about you in the intro for this episode. But for those of them that aren't familiar with who you are and what you're working on right now. Give us a quick like 60 second snapshot of where you're at right now.
0: Yeah, sure, so my name is Tiffany. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey and I came out to California originally for college. So I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Um, After my four years there, I was in my senior year getting really heavily into LinkedIn content. So I was creating a lot of video content on LinkedIn and that was at a time where video was just being introduced to the platform. So it was really exciting to kind of see this new medium on a platform that had already existed for a while and like what that did in terms of the algorithm and in terms of the community too. So I was really consistent with the LinkedIn content, ended up working at LinkedIn for about a year and then um, was actually scouted for a startup where I'm at right now through a LinkedIn video. Um, So right now I'm working uh, with the former president of musically at this app called photo. So we've been out for about four weeks now, and it's been a lot of fun doing a lot of influencer marketing and influencer partnerships there. And yeah, it's been a great experience so far. I've gotten to see like the central coast, the North, like NorCal and now SoCal. So it's been cool to hop around a bit. And then, um, I also have my podcast that I do outside of work uh, where I interview creatives and entrepreneurs and a scrunchie business as well, which has been a lot of fun to, um, to like just get my hands dirty in because uh, e-commerce is so, always something that I had been curious about. So now getting to have a, a project dedicated towards that, I feel like is the best way to learn about it.
1: Awesome. Well, there's a lot of things I want to dive into there. The first thing yeah. though, is I didn't realize that you went to um, Cal Poly. My cousin actually just graduated from there um, like two months ago. So that's that's crazy.
0: <laughs> but That's awesome. Yeah, it's a super nice school.
1: Yeah. So I want to dive into the LinkedIn side of things first. Um, actually, before we do that, I want to dive back like a little bit further in time um, and go back to like your middle school and high school years. So tell us about that time period for you. Were you getting involved with entrepreneurship? Were you like starting any projects or were you focused on school, sports? Like, What were you doing?
0: Yeah, definitely. So middle school, high school. Yeah, that's a great question. So middle school, high school. I didn't get into any of, like, the digital, like, social media stuff until probably college, like, my second year of college, like, around 2016, and if, if you were to, like, pin back to when, like, the influencer term was really coined, I think it was, like, 2015, 2016, so that's when social started really growing, but, um, yeah, in middle school and high school, I was really just focused on, um, Honestly, sports. I played a lot of sports and just like academics. Um, You know, now knowing what I know, I would probably have focused more time outside of school on like creating my own projects because that's really where I got a lot of the value in terms of learning. But, um, you know, I just came from a traditional background. Like my parents are both immigrants and I came from a, a town that is mainly like people's parents were immigrants. So a lot of like second generation Americans and the focus there is like on education and so a lot of my friends and i like we just went to school we had a few extracurriculars and then maybe we worked a job or two but there was not really anyone like creating their own businesses or anything like that i really saw that come to life when i moved to california and when i moved uh to college out here you yeah, had to kind of see all there there was
1: hmm so what what was the draw to social to linkedin for you like what got you interested in that
0: yeah so the linkedin content started because so basically i had been running a lot of instagrams i think it started on my uh the beginning of my junior year because i went to the career fair and i realized like i just looked around and there were so many people it was so crowded you know you're standing in line to wait to talk to the same person from all the same companies and it's like how is this in any way like how am i different from everyone here like there's actually no reason for someone to talk to me um instead of the person next to me. So I knew that I had to start differentiating myself. I had to have a story that was more unique than my peers. And so I felt like the best way to do that was by getting involved in projects. And so, yeah. Uh, beginning of junior year, I started managing a bunch of social media accounts. I think at one point I was managing like six different accounts for like just different organizations um, and things like that. And then I worked at an agency as an admin assistant, which was like, there wasn't that many companies in Slow. That is the one drawback. It's like, it's a beautiful place, but it's not really a true city. So there's not like many like career wise uh, opportunities there. So uh, I was lucky enough to find this agency that I, like was interested in at the time worked there and kind of saw that process and then um, from there I studied abroad and then after study abroad I had started getting into Gary Vee's content actually while abroad so I had never heard about him I just started listening to his podcast while I was abroad and I was just you know if anyone listens to Gary Vee, you kind of get hooked on it and like that initial hook is what drove me to realize like as soon as I get back to school I have to create content like I have to like, get on my grind, because I had a six-month window to get a job, because for me, it was really important for me to get a job right after graduation, because I didn't want to move back to New Jersey, and I'm, like, the only one out here, so I don't have any family or friends I could just, like, move in with for a short time, so that window was really important, so I went ham on LinkedIn, because um, I knew that was a platform that could actually benefit me towards getting a job, so I would have, like, maybe, like, five, six networking calls a day. Cause I mean, I was a college senior, so I had a lot of time. So I was just getting to know a lot of people, scheduling calls, getting better at talking with strangers. Like it taught me a lot of skills. Um, And then the content piece really helped just because it's a great way to connect with people when you already put out content, because um, it's a lot easier for them to say like, Hey, I saw, you know, your podcast or I saw your video and I really liked it because, so that ended up getting me like job interviews and it really did pay off in the end.
1: Hmm. So I'm curious, what made you decide that you wanted to go for a job rather than trying to like use that six month window to like build out your own thing?
0: You know, like sometimes I would meet people on LinkedIn and they would say that too. They're like, I see that in you that you could do your own business. And honestly, I don't know what it was. Maybe it could have been like a lack of confidence. Like I honestly didn't think I could do it on my own. Um, And looking back, I definitely would have invested at least a portion of all that time that I was dedicating towards, um, yeah, getting a job, maybe to also like a side hustle business that I could at least start up because I had so much time. Um, but at the same time, I think that, um, I wasn't like ready to launch a business. I had no idea what business I would, even launch. I didn't find out about drop shipping and e-commerce until last year. So I had no idea that you could even like create a Shopify and like, this was a whole business model that you could do. Um, so I think it was just like a lack of awareness, honestly. And that's always what it's been for me. It's not like I have like the drive to do things. It's just that sometimes I'm not aware of them. And so, um, that's why I love having the podcast and always just staying curious because you can learn a lot. And you honestly don't know what you don't know. So as soon as I find things I like, I try and involve myself in them.
1: Mm, that's that's so, so true. And one of the things that I personally like don't know that much about and I don't talk that much about either is LinkedIn. So can you share with me and our listeners like some of the, the things they should keep in mind when they're trying to use LinkedIn effectively um, when it comes to video content? And just like what are some of the best tips you wish you would have known starting off?
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I would say for me right now, like if you went to my LinkedIn page, you probably wouldn't see too, too much content in the past, maybe three to four months because I have um, taken my foot off the gas. But there is a reason for that. I think that LinkedIn is a great platform. First off, for anyone listening to the show, I know you mentioned uh, some people were in you know, high school, college age, like that is the prime time to be on LinkedIn. If you're not, like you need to make an account today and like get started. And if you need an example for like what your account should have, like you could go to my LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure Apple will like link it below, but having things like, you know, a creative headline, uh, something that just doesn't say, for example, like student at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, but rather like, um, you know, president of Alpha Kappa Psi or like my, my thing at LinkedIn, it's, it's more about the headline is not more about what you are, but what you do. So like for mine, I was a recruiting coordinator at LinkedIn, but my headline was connecting, uh, connecting best in class, like talent to opportunity or something like that. So that makes you stand out a little bit more. It gives people more context as to what you do rather than just like a plain headline. So that's what I can say about the headline. Cause it really is underrated. It goes right underneath your name. And it tells people a lot about who you are. Um, Another thing I would say about LinkedIn is uh, a lot of times if you're in high school or college, you're joining these clubs and um, people don't put that on their LinkedIn profile. Like I put all my projects on my LinkedIn profile because it says experience. It doesn't say like work experience. And honestly, I would put my projects on my resume too, because these were things I was almost more proud of than just my basic like internship. Like I, I gained a lot more from my projects and I had more numbers to show for it. So Uh, definitely don't be shy to like include things that aren't just like an employment related thing on your LinkedIn experience. Um, And then going back to that, sometimes, you know, when you are filling in these experiences uh, things like maybe a podcast that you started, um, you know, that might not be tied to an existing audio uh, company on LinkedIn. So what you should do is create a company page for all your projects so that when you're linking them in your profile. They actually give you a nice like logo. And so your profile looks legit. Like imagine all the projects I had and I was working on at the time. If I had put that into my LinkedIn, it would have been gray boxes all down and it just doesn't make it seem very professional. Um, so yeah, i even, I even have like a company page for my podcast, just just to make it look professional as well. So those are a few tips. I mean, there's obviously more, but I think with that you'll get a good start into doing things that people overthink or don't think about when they're thinking about uh, how to join LinkedIn and properly use it.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I know personally, like listening to all three of those, I'm like, yep, don't have that, don't have that, don't have that. So I already have a list of stuff to implement. Now, when it comes to like putting out content on LinkedIn. What do you think is important to to know i mean you mentioned video earlier um i think there are hashtags on linkedin i'm not totally sure but like is that important should we be posting video content is there like uh should we be posting like long-form stuff short-form stuff or like what do you what, what has been your experience with like the content side of things
0: yeah definitely so like i uh, so you know i mentioned before like if you go on my linkedin i probably haven't posted in three to four months sure it might even be a little bit more than that and honestly, that's how fast things change, especially in social. So you have to kind of take my advice with a grain of salt because it might not be as applicable. For example, when I first got onto the platform, it was literally January of 2018. That's when I said I was going to like start making content and I was just going to start being more of a proactive person overall. And so I, yeah, I put out my first video and it got 8,000 views and a hundred likes. Like that's just insane, like that doesn't even make sense, you know, yeah. eight thousand views <laughs> to a hundred likes, and like a hundred likes great, great like first intro into video, so I was like, oh, I'm for sure doing this again, and that's just how fa- that like that's how much the algorithm was pushing video at the time, like you could put a video out and it would just you could just tell it was like, outperforming every other medium, and now that like i've since like kind of tiered off linkedin it was because i was so heavy into video that yes i would diver- diversify my content at times because the copy has to be just as good but at the core like i enjoyed making the videos and the videos by this point have already tapered off so now you're not going to see that big spike in terms of views or anything compared to an article or a regular post it's pretty much all level playing field again but that's not to discourage people because LinkedIn is continuing to introduce new features. So right now, I think they have live streaming for a select number of beta testers, um, and they'll be rolling that out, like you know, to everyone else pretty soon. So if I were someone to join LinkedIn right now, I would just keep an eye out for any like new features that they're introducing and. Uh, I guess, honestly, to be completely frank, it's a little unfortunate in my opinion, but I do see them becoming more like Facebook in terms of the features that they're introducing. So if you want to kind of, I don't even know, like if you want to think about what Facebook features they have, um, then you'll kind of get a good idea of where LinkedIn is going as well. And that's just my own personal like not from working there but from what i've been seeing with the reactions and the live streaming so i think that they'll be putting out a lot more of a similar facebook type of where you kind of get all the features so just hopping on those features as soon as you can will definitely give you a boost in the algorithm and if your content's good then you're already at a good place
1: absolutely i mean i always tell people with with instagram it's all about like getting on top of those new features as soon as possible because they're trying to push the new features. So if you help them do that, they're gonna reward you for it. And if you're using all the features that the platform has to offer, they're gonna be pretty happy with you. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that's really valuable. I mean, that's just crazy though. Like how do, I'm not even sure how LinkedIn works honestly, but like how do videos spread? Like how were people seeing your video? Like did you, were all those people your followers? Were you connected with all of them? Or like does, does LinkedIn have some kind of like way to push your content out to new people?
0: Yeah, because on LinkedIn, every time you like something or you comment on something, it gets shared. It's like essentially a repost.
1: Oh, so, okay.
0: yeah. So if I, if I like left a comment on your video, it would say it, like your video would pop up on like my, my first degrees connections or second degrees. And then they would be like, Oh, Tiffany commented on, you know, Apple's video. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really how it goes. It's like, they have like a very like a great way for content to get spread and seen by other people. So then you end up getting connection requests, especially if your content hits and like you put out a really good piece of content, you'll get like hundreds of requests. The thing is like I recommend to people is not to accept all of them because, um, you know, the second you start accepting people that either have no affiliation to what you're doing or You have no idea who they are. You just run the risk because you end up seeing their content too. So that could completely change your feed. So uh, it's hard because you want to grow and a connection equals a follower. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I would just treat like that a little closer than I would on any other platforms, just because like, you know, those are people you're actually tied with in a professional sense.
1: Yeah. It's a weird dynamic because like on Instagram, people can just follow you. I mean, you could be private and on Facebook, it's like adding people as a friend, but then like there's this gray area in the middle that's like LinkedIn connections. And I'm not like totally sure how to think about that. Cause yeah, when people send me connections that I like, maybe I kind of know them or I kind of understand what they do. I'm kind of like, I don't know if I should accept this person. Like, do I only accept people I really know? Like, I don't, I don't really know how to think about that. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting place.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, that's why I always tell people, like, if you're going to send someone, if you're going to, like, send a connection request to someone, like, you definitely should, like, customize it and actually say, like, you know, just adding, like, a two-second line or two. And I would say, like, you know, copying and pasting something is, like, like you can copy and paste something if you're going to change like one line or one sentence about like why you're reaching out to that person but copy and pasting and then just like counting that as like your you know personalized request like people do it all the time like that doesn't work either so yeah just making sure that you're actually being personalized I mean I went as far as to like create video messages for people when I would reach out to them on LinkedIn so I would use this app called use loom.com which is like yeah it's just like a recorder on your laptop and i would actually like record so i'd say like hi apple like saw your profile really wanted to reach out i saw you work at x y and z that company is really interesting to me because like i love your company culture i would love to hop on a call with you and kind of discuss that further and so obviously like these things take a lot they take time like it's a lot easier to copy and paste but creating a video message is probably going to get an answer um versus like you know any other thing because people just don't see that and when you have when you're doing this all for a purpose it's worth it like I like like I said I felt like I had my back to wall. I had to get a job and maybe that wasn't necessarily true maybe my parents could have paid for a couple months of rent for me to figure things out but like I put it in my head that like I had to get a job so when you're doing these type of things for a, a reason that you feel like is benefiting to your future I mean it's it's all worth it in the end.
1: Straight up. So was the first job you got with LinkedIn?
0: Yeah. So that was my first job. Um, <clears throat> I spent yeah like nine months there. I guess to be completely honest, I kind of took what I could from the job because uh, LinkedIn is obviously a very big com- company. And at the time with my experience, I was really interested in marketing, but marketing at a company like LinkedIn as your first job is pretty hard. I mean, they hire people with like seven years of experience to do their marketing just because of, the name and and how competitive it is. So I took a job as a recruiting coordinator And I definitely learned skills. I learned how to like crisis management. Things would always go wrong, Um, but I can definitely say that my passion for that specific job wasn't there. Um, So although it was like I think it was a total of, like nine to ten months, um, it went by it went by slow. Like I wasn't like necessarily like loving what I did every day, but that did push me a lot further to pursue my projects like heavily. Like I was getting really more into my podcast, um, working on my scrunchy business a bunch, Uh, but when I was approached to join this new startup, I definitely knew it was time to kind of pivot into something that I enjoyed doing because I feel like if you're dedicating so much time, like, you know, 40 hours a week, you might as well enjoy what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. So which came first, the uh, the podcast or the Scrunchie business?
0: <laughs> so yeah, the podcast came first. I've been running that since I graduated. So it's been over a year now. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's gone through its transitions um, in terms of like, you know, first it started off as like a LinkedIn video show and then I graduated. So I wanted to uh, transition it to a podcast and then I became more selective of the people I had on my podcast. So now it's just been a mix of that. And now it's gone to the point where I'm only trying to do in-person interviews. I really try and limit like the remote ones just because I like sitting down with people and like seeing them and being in their space. So I'm lucky that I have like a whole remote setup. It's pretty cheap too. It's It's pretty affordable, but um, I have a whole remote set, set up in, in and in a place like LA, you can literally just drive to people's offices and stuff. So I've been doing that and it's been a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. So what's the remote setup look like? I'm curious because <laughs> I do mostly virtual. So walk me through what that looks like.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I have a whole like kit.com, like literally that I just like link it to people because uh, I'm sure you get questions about like your mics and stuff. Yeah. So kit.com is like a great resource. But yeah, I just have two, two mics and then um the zoom h4 and then these two led newer uh light stands that are just like they're just you can just power them by like plugging them into the wall and turn look back at my bag and then yeah literally just like a blue rolling bag that's like i can just throw my trunk in my car because all that stuff's kind of heavy and then you just roll it so yeah that's pretty much it i would say oh and then i have like literally so i used to have a tripod just on my like iPhone. And now I've even reduced it to this like selfie stick. That's like also a tripod. And like, honestly, that works great. And what I do is, yeah, I set up the lights and then I plug in the mics to the zoom and then I set up the self, I put my phone on the selfie stick and like I point it towards me and the guest and it works like, because I think that you don't, especially when you're recording long form content, like you can use a DSLR, but for me personally, I, I, Content is probably not going to be like my bread and butter, so I would love to use a DSLR, but it's expensive, and you also have to have a camera that can last. So I think an iPhone is a great option, and you can instantly improve the quality of an iPhone if you just have the proper lighting. So I noticed sometimes, like you know, if I went to a guest apartment and like the lighting wasn't good, it was kind of frustrating because like it just wouldn't look good. So I just bought the lights, and they they help a ton. Like I think they're super underrated, but just like having that lighting really does make a difference
1: dang that's super cool i might have to might have to build out a little kit like that myself um there's not too many people in the midwest right now <laughs> but i'm gonna be traveling a lot more in the near future so maybe i'll maybe i'll have to incorporate more of those because i do like doing live interviews they are fun um but it's it's just tough to get in the same place as people i mean obviously like if you're in la there's gonna be a couple more people than if you're in the midwest but <laughs> definitely definitely something to think about so um what was, what was the main, the main inspiration there? Cause I mean, you said it started with the LinkedIn show. Was it really just to like build out your network and connect with people?
0: So yeah, at the time it was called work. I, I titled it work in progress. Cause I wanted to find a show where I could like highlight up and comers. And so that was really like the intention was to just highlight people who were just, just giving it their all, you know, at whatever they were doing. Cause I felt like there wasn't enough emphasis on like the early stage of things in terms of like people's journey so like <clears throat> Gary Vee's probably done the best of this but documenting like his early content so you can go back like you know to 2008 and actually see like he was selling wine or he was doing that like I don't know how many people actually watch that content now because it's not super relevant but it does help when you're like someone like us who's still young in the process and like wants to know that it's still attainable to get to that level so that was really the intention behind it And yeah, I would start off, um, I was lucky enough to have a friend who worked in like the media department. So I would uh, record my interviews at like our school's newsroom, which was pretty cool because it was like a whole set. Um, And then I would just interview like other college students. And then yeah, after I graduated, I didn't want to, I knew I wouldn't have access to like that same scale. And so I was in the Bay Area too. And I felt like a lot of people I wanted to interview just through Instagram were in LA. So I transitioned it to like a remote podcast and now it's been like primarily in person. Um, but yeah, LA is like a super hectic city. So even just like sitting down getting people's schedules, especially cause I can only really do it on the weekends um, is a challenge, but it's still really fun and, and I've been loving, loving it. So yeah, my main intention with the podcast is really to um, build out my network and just create relationships with people that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. I, I would love to grow it in, you know, we have definitely had some exciting moments in the podcast, but overall I'd say like main attention is relationships.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. So do you have any advice for the young listener? I know we got a lot of listeners out there who like want to start a podcast or have already started a podcast. Do you have anything you wish you would have known starting off? Like if you could go back and like whisper something in your ear, um, is there anything that you wish you would have known?
0: Yeah. Don't have everyone on your podcast. Don't, (laughs) don't always say yes. Like do not always say yes. Like there's a lot of people that honestly just want, Like there's a lot of people trying to push like agendas today, you know, whether it be like for their business, um, for their, I don't know, popularity, but everyone wants like a stage and, you know you don't have to necessarily give them that stage if you don't if that doesn't fit in like the nature of your show um you know there'll be people who will ask you to be on your podcast and this will happen 95% of the time that have never even listened to your podcast so i think that's like the biggest thing is like you don't have to say yes to everyone it is awkward especially if like people are asking like are your friends or like you have some type of relationship with them but i think just like staying true to like what your podcast actually is about and like knowing that Um, that's the direction you want to go in is going to make the content better and it's going to make the audience more likely to keep tuning in.
1: Mm. I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned that because like it it can be difficult to say no when someone asks you, like, can I get on your show? And a lot of people think that I don't say no to people because I put out shows anywhere from five to seven times a week. Um, but I say no to a lot of people. I say a lot more no's than I say yeses just because at this point, a lot of people hit me up and they're like, I want to be on your podcast. I'm like, Show me something that you've done in the past, and they're like, um, "I haven't done anything yet." I'm like, "What are you even talking about right now?" Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> so, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, people, people are ridiculous. But yeah, you guys gotta be protective because, like, this is your platform. You really have to just realize that, like, this is something that you are building, and you want it to be the thing that you're trying to make it. Like, don't be pressured to to turn it into something that's not just because you don't want to say no to someone. Um, yeah, no is no is a really a really powerful word that i've been leaning into a lot more lately just because it allows you to really hone in on what you're actually trying to do and not get distracted by all these different like shiny objects out there so i'm glad you brought that up
0: yeah no for sure it's it's it's, everything you said is true and that's amazing that you put out five to seven days of content because that is really not easy so like hats off to you on that
1: appreciate that (laughs) um so so i'm also curious about that scrunchie business so you said you got into or you got aware of like e-commerce dropshipping like last year early last year so why did you decide to start a scrunchie business
0: yeah so i can like still remember when i discovered dropshipping it was like this guy his name is like vince wang ceo on on instagram (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't know how i found him but uh i think it was because like you know, some of my LinkedIn connections were already following him. So I was really curious. I was like, does this guy put out content on LinkedIn or like, what's his story? And then I found uh, a podcast of his and I listened to it and it was like pretty good. It was like a really great story. You know, like he grew up pretty poor, and uh, like was just got into, yeah, e-commerce dropshipping and now is able to like, you know, support um, his family and has like a bunch of different businesses and drives a Lambo and he's only like 20. So I was like, wow, that's pretty sick. Um, you know, it's so funny how the world works. Like I was actually on a podcast. Um, I don't even know, I think it was like earlier like January of this year. And Vince actually ended up opening the door for this like mastermind that like, I was going to go interview one of the guys I was speaking there. So I was like, this is so funny. And yeah, it's just funny how the world works in terms of like connections and things like that. But, um, yeah, found out about his podcast then was like, what is this drop shipping? Like I literally had never heard about it. Never understood. Like didn't know the concept. Um, and then got into understanding what dropshipping was thought it was really interesting and was just then I attended a conference that was hosted by a friend of mine I met through Instagram his name's Casey Adams and he does like build your empire mm. and I went to that in Arizona and brought a friend with me and yeah there a lot of people were t- like there was a whole panel of like dropshippers and then as well as just like e-commerce people it was just overwhelming how like you know how much they spoke about like there's just such an opportunity here in terms of e-commerce and you know it's for sure going to be something that just continues to grow so i was like i honestly haven't started a business up until this point like i had only done content and like social marketing for other people. So I was like, it's honestly time to just like experience it for myself and knowing what it's like to actually sell a product. And I was chatting with my friend, she was trying to brainstorm, give ideas. And then she's like, oh, let's do scrunchies. And I was like, wow, that's actually a super good idea. Because it's a, it's like a it's a niche where like, you know, you can buy a shirt. There's like a lot of other t-shirts and stuff like that, but there's not many other scrunchies and there's not many people like trying to disrupt the scrunchie business overall. So, I mean, I got the domain scrunchies.co, which I feel like was pretty good. <laughs> and now I own like the domain customscrunchies.com, which I'm pretty excited about because I'm planning to do some things with that. Um, but yeah, overall, like I felt like scrunchies were just such a good item because they're super trendy right now. Every girl has it on her wrist. Like it's also an accessory as well as like obviously for tying up your hair. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the brand is called uh, scrunchies.co and I've been working with a friend of mine from college who's like a designer Um, and then we set up a full photo shoot for the brand. So there's just a lot within running the brand that I didn't expect to learn from the start. And so now it's been a great experience to kind of put these ideas into practice and see how they work in the real world
1: that's awesome so do you ever plan on like going with that full-time or or for now is it just like a side thing
0: uh yeah it would be super cool i mean i think running your own brand is honestly pretty hard like people i knew it was hard just because of like apparel like people always try to start their own clothing brands like everyone wants to do it especially now um so i was like oh you know i'm not really competing with them i'm like i have a scrunchie business like it's different but honestly it's pretty similar like it's still it's still hard um I think that we've done a really good job of growing on social just because, like, I kind of figured out the hack – or not the hack, but the way to grow on social, at least for a company, which to me was really just uh, running giveaways with theme pages. So I'd, like, find, like, YouTuber fan accounts and, like, hit them up and uh, advertise on their page. And that audience converted really well because, like, they were, like, the same demographic as to, like, what I was targeting with my scrunchies. Um, But, yeah, I think the scrunchies is definitely – A good business I don't think it'll be a business that turns into like the full time one but for now it's a great experiment and what I really like about it and to anyone you know that's thinking about starting something I think dropshipping is great because you're not having any overhead costs at all so um, that was a big barrier. So going back to, I guess, why I didn't want to start a business in college. I didn't have any money in college also. I like kept thinking that to myself too. I was like, why did I do any of this in college? But like even $30 a month on Shopify, like to me was a lot of money in college. And, uh, even the inventory that I'm like buying now is only a couple hundred dollars at a time, but that's a lot of money when you're in school. And so, um, yeah, I think that the scrunchie business will be a great, like chapter in the story. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I'm going to keep doing it because of like, just a lot of the elements are really great for an intro business. But we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited to uh, test out customscrunchies.com and hope to build some really cool partnerships there and see how that goes as well.
1: For sure. So you mentioned um, Instagram influencer shout outs and giveaways. How, how else are you driving traffic to your store? And how else are you like getting eyeballs on it?
0: Honestly, like 90% of my effort is on Instagram and that's like, on. it might not be like the best answer, but that's just because I've been like, I was doing Instagram. Yeah. For like three years now. So it's just the platform I feel most comfortable in. Um, you know, I know that there's like Facebook ads, but the, the thing is like, you have to find the platform that's right for you because Facebook ads are great, but my product only retails for $13. So I have to get a pretty low cost of acquisition to make that worth it. And from what I've been hearing um, enough, like, you know, it's harder and harder to do that on Facebook now. So um, that's why I stuck to Instagram. You know, it's free. Um, I know that I have an audience there who's excited about the page. So now it's just like, how can I make them excited about the product? Um, Email marketing too, I've been hearing is really, really important. So that's what I want to learn more about. And I've even experimented with SMS. So like text message campaigns, those are kind of hard though, because um, you have to pay for every text message that's sent. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I like, you know, I kind of started it and I got like, you know, over a thousand people on my text message list just from one, one giveaway, which was pretty crazy. And I was like, this is sick. Like, you know, a thousand people. And then when I went to go send the text message, it was like 70 bucks. And I was like, just, just to send the text messages. So I was like, um, I was like, yeah, this is too expensive to continue on. So I'd say email and Instagram are great ways for people to get started. Cause those are both free to like broadcast on. Um, but yeah, primarily Instagram right now.
1: Absolutely. The The guy that actually on the podcast yesterday, Brian Kurtz, um, he talked all about list building. He's been in the email marketing list building space for over 40 years, which is crazy. So he's like really the gung ho about like email marketing, building your list. And like, monetizing that like crazy and he had some really really valuable advice on that so um yeah I, I mean a lot of people say like email is dead and like don't build an email list but that's just so far from the truth i mean like my email list even though it's, it's not that big but it's still brought in thousands of dollars for me um through i, I really don't give it the time that it really deserves but <laughs> it still is a really valuable resource that you guys should be leveraging um and building up when you're just getting started because that's like something you can take with you forever like you have those emails you can market to them forever and that's just another asset for your business
0: oh yeah totally no that's a great point point. and just out of curiosity i'll have to listen to that guy's episode as well that sounds really cool and out of curiosity what has been your i guess like form of monetization your email audience like how have you been able to monetize them
1: yeah so i have a, a pretty basic um sort of funnel that i take people down um related to podcasting so i have a couple different resources um that are pretty low ticket and then i have like a mentorship group as well so um, just by making people aware of that, um, has been able to to do that. But like, I, I could still like my email autoresponder sequence is maybe like two weeks long. And then I was going to send out emails more regularly, like broadcast emails, but mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten around to that yet, but we're going to, we're probably going to get there eventually yeah, <laughs> just of priorities right now. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. No, that's totally fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Email marketing is dope, especially when you have a decent funnel to go with it. So, um, Yeah. I mean, I have a couple more questions that I do like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. So you feeling ready for those, Tiffany? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. The first of which is what is something that uh, genuinely has you excited right now? This could be in your business or really anything that just has you fired up.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a couple of things, uh, you know, I to it might, it might be to my demise or it might be like a really good thing. I'm not sure just yet, but I get really excited about new ideas. Um, I just love like you know, just discovering something and be like, wow, this is like actually a really cool idea. Um, So ideas really get me excited. And I think that um, this next like little this next like little business, uh, is a great idea. So it'll be great to see how it gets put into practices. So essentially what I want to do is use scrunchies as a way to help influencers, organizations, um, and even podcasters monetize on their existing audience. And so, you know, kind of creating a partnership where I run all the logistics, we do design, manufacturing, even you can even provide shipping. Um, and, uh, what's great about that is, you know, it's just like a, a 50, 50 split in terms of, you know, profits. So they're actually making money, um, uh, instead of like having to buy from me. So I think that's going to be a really cool way to kind of introduce people's, um, just a cool business model, because rather than like, you know, having people purchase things from me, I'm actually giving them a way to make more money. So that's always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as the, you know, the app I work out right now, we just launched four weeks ago, but we've broken into the top 200 and, um, has just been growing, you know, at a pretty re- at a pretty great rate, honestly. So um, if you guys haven't already checked out Photo, definitely check out Photo. It's a super fun app. And I think it honestly really aligns with your audience that you had mentioned earlier, because we're seeing a lot of young kids gravitate towards it. So it's full screen vertical photos with daily hashtag challenges. So every day there's something for you to participate in. And the level of creativity on the platform has just been super cool to see.
1: That's awesome. I'll I'll have to check that out. I'm always looking at what's up and coming. So I'll definitely check that out. Um, I'm curious as well uh, with the custom scrunchies, is that like print on demand or like, how are you guys doing that?
0: Yeah. So um, I basically built out my own system um, that, like I said, I still have to put into practice. So right now um, it's like a whole logistics that it's kind of hard to get into, but sure. I'll definitely explain it to you after this. Um, and, yeah, it, it's, it's something similar to a print-on-demand business. But right now, if you, like, go to try and find custom scrunchies, there's literally no one providing that yeah. service. Um, I tried to find it for my own business, and I couldn't find it. So I'm, I'm excited to hopefully create that. Um, and we'll see how that goes. And we're also, I guess, the first test of it, um, to a certain degree, is creating custom scrunchies for hard summer. So I'll be at hard summer the next month. Um, it's a big music festival put on in Los Angeles and we'll be selling custom hard summer scrunchies there. So that'll yeah. be exciting.
1: That's awesome. That's, that's so cool that you guys are like they're doing that in an event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool.
1: <laughs> that's dope. Um, the next thing I'm curious about is whether or not you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business, your lifestyle, your podcast, anything you do on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. So like, so ha- habits were a big thing for me when I was in, the Bay, the Bay Area working at LinkedIn because uh, that job had a lot of structure. Like, in terms of, you know, I knew I was gonna come in at 8 30 and I knew I was gonna leave at five o'clock. And then, you know, I had all my food provided to me, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I also had a gym. So it was really d- easy to build habits there just because, like, you know, you have a gym and a, sh- and a really nice shower, you can go shower out. So things like working out in the morning. Um, now that I'm out of like that corporate setting I still I still do a lot of like physical exercise I think that's really important um, especially for me I guess you have to find like what works for you but I found that working out in the mornings really helped me develop clarity and uh, just be in a better mood throughout the day and so working out is definitely a habit um, making my bed honestly is probably the one thing that I've been so, like more consistent on than anything else I don't know why like it just clicked one day and I honestly like like having my bed made now all the time I just think it cleans up your room and it makes you feel like you've had a sense of accomplishment like you've done that one thing for the day Um, and then I'm still like fighting this battle of waking up early it's really hard I think that um, it's it's hard to like cram everything into the mornings for me so you know just kind of embracing that maybe working at night is the best way to go so just finding out like what your optimal time for working is and you know you can try and adjust it but if it just doesn't work for you you just got to go with what you what's most comfortable because I know there was like that huge kick of like waking up at 5 30 um like even a couple months ago and I was yeah. like trying to get on it but it just like it's really hard for me to stop working once I start working so to stop working to actually go to work was hard so I like working at night now
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's super important. I think a lot of people have this idea in their head of like, Oh, I have to wake up early to be a successful entrepreneur, but like it, it's finding your power hours. It's finding when you are working best, when you are doing your best work at, at whatever. So I think it's, it's important to like feel it out yourself.
0: A hundred percent. Totally agree.
1: All right. Well, Tiffany, you've been dropping some massive value on our listeners. I'm extremely grateful for that. I know I learned a lot about LinkedIn. I learned a lot about the scrunchy business and I learned a bit about podcasting as well. So, um, If our listeners have been enjoying the um, massive value you've been providing, where can they go to follow up with you, learn more about your podcast, about your scrunchie business, all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'll send you all my links, of course, but my scrunchie business is scrunchies.co. Yeah, just how you spell scrunchies and then .co. My Instagram's at Tiffany Para T I F F A N Y P A R R A underscore. And then um, my podcast is Work in Progress. And yeah, we put out new episodes every Tuesday and it might introduce live streaming again. And then the app I work at is Photo, F O T O.
1: Awesome. And I'll be sure to link up all of those in the show notes below this episode. Tiffany, again, I'm extremely grateful for your time and you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Do you have any last uh, parting thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to leave the listener with here today?
0: Definitely. Um, Yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to chat with Apple. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast and you're passionate about podcasts, just start your own. I think that's a really undervalued you know content right now so if you're really passionate about podcasting or whatever you're passionate about just start um getting your hands dirty in it cuz that's the best way to learn
1: 100% couldn't agree more Tiffany it has been a pleasure thank you so much for your time thank you That is going to do it for this episode of Young Smart Money. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I have some value to share with you. So I got a lot of questions coming my way every single day about how I started and grew Young Smart Money from the ground up to now where we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people. We're a top 100 business podcast. The show is consistently pulling in five figures of revenue per month. Hurt for me. I'm able to connect with some top level influencers and really grow my network. Everyone's wondering how I did it. So what I decided to do was I was I decided to share literally all of my secrets with you guys for free. Okay. Now A lot of you guys might be saying, wow, this kid, I, I thought he had at least a few brain cells. They must they must have just completely disappeared. Like this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. But I wanted to share this with you guys for free because it's what I'm passionate about. Literally every single day I'm in the DMs helping people out for free. Um, I, I, I see I, I get fulfillment. I personally get fulfillment by seeing you guys succeed. So that's what I want to allow you guys to do. So I put together this free training. Again, all you have to do is head to my website, applecriter.com slash podcast, and you can hop on this training for free and I'll learn exactly how I'm able to do what I do and how I was able to scale it in such a short amount of time. How you can do the same as well. Um, and all that I ask in return is that you guys leave a five star review on the podcast. You guys know how much those mean to me. So if you could take the time, again, five seconds to, to just just leave me a review on iTunes. Could be a one-star, could be a five-star. Just give it whatever you feel the show deserves in your heart of hearts. Um, I really would appreciate that so much. And again, in return, I want to give you guys that free training over at applecreator.com slash podcast, where you can learn exactly how I was able to do what I do and how I'm able to continuously um, grow this thing, scale this thing, and just use it as this massive leverage point to connect with so many amazing people. So again, guys, one last time, that's applecreator.com slash podcast. Go check out that free training I made absolutely for you as soon as you write us a five-star review, okay? I'm not going to be enforcing this, but it's kind of like an honor system, okay? So if you watch the training, I'm going to expect that you left us a five-star review, okay? Because if I'm going to give something to you, I'm going to need you to give a little something to me, okay? So once you guys do that, head over to the training, watch it, check it out, let me know what you think. Um, And I know you guys are going to enjoy, get a ton of value. I dropped some secrets that I've never talked about publicly before. So um, definitely you're going to enjoy that. Um, I'll see you guys over there. Have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day, wherever it takes you.